Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. crazy cool star trek fans and just lovers of everything that's to do with track we are back on a weekly basis you said we'd be back on a weekly basis and damn straight we are gonna be back on a weekly basis it is me the man who says that quark is the only bar owner in star trek and that's the truth he is none of this none of this fake ass bullshit okay we all know quark is the man but I'm not alone in the Academy. I'm joined by my man, the Sexy Trekkie. You can also find him moonlighting with Jargo whenever Jargo does his New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast. He, But you can always find him at the co-host of the Smack Attack with James Money MacGyver reviewing awful, shitty fucking WWE wrestling. It is my man... <laughs> <laughs> Big John Henry. John, what's going on, brother? What's up, player? Oh, you are so right on that last part about No, it's 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 terrible. It's it's listen. Yeah. So so just sidetrack a story here. I, I had to go to a doctor's office today for an appointment. Now in New York, you still have to, you have to wear masks inside any type of medical facility. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, threw away all my mask out because you know I'm not gonna fucking need them. Mm-hmm. And I just and I just had like the blue like surgical cloth mask, which you know, which I'm like they're pretty, you know, ubiquitous. They so, but I needed a mask, so I'm looking in my truck, and somehow or another, somebody gave me a AEW mask, and I had to wear it in there. John, I want to crawl under the building. That's how embarrassed I was. I mean, how low has wrestling gotten? When back in the day. When you had an Austin 316 shirt, you were the shit. You yeah. were the shit with an Austin 316 shirt. Now you wear anything to do with wrestling. Uh, you're like a team never touch a titty mark. Yeah. Bro, it's gotten so bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and it's just it's terrible. Yeah. That's sad. I mean, it's the, the state of wrestling today where, you know, you used to be, you know, you could wear certain things and, it was like, all right, you're kind of a badass dude. And now it's like, oh, okay, you're one of those guys. All right. You know, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, that's that's the way it felt sometimes when I was at WrestleCon a couple weeks ago. It just like you'd watch people walk through and you're just like, you're wearing that out in public. But I mean I know, man. But I the know. problem is is it's the stereotype of the person. You know, they they're just continuing to propagate the stereotype, you know, and that was the bummer part is like guys, come on, have a little bit of class when you present. I mean, I don't I think you can wear a wrestling t-shirt, but at least look somewhat presentable. Don't exactly. Like, you know, greasy hair or whatever. Look, 
like you've taken care of yourself. Yeah, exactly. Bit. Yeah. You know, that's, I think that's the, the bigger problem is, is the propaganda stigmatism and the stigmatism of the person yeah. who wears it. And, and then the people continuing to continue that stereotype is more than anything else. Uh, I mean, I wasn't saying don't do like me and dress like in nice shirts and shit. And, you know, I mean, it could help. You don't you have know. to. I mean, listen, you don't have to. Me, now, even if I went to a wrestling convention, you know, you know, like let's say I had a chance to go to something like WrestleCade, I would probably go in a button down and a nice pair of pants. Yeah. That's just because that's just me. Mm -hmm. And I'd make sure to put deodorant on and have cologne so that if I want to take a picture with a wrestler, you know, they won't be like, this Mark stinks like shit. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't want to be near him. Yeah. So, yeah, where it's like, mm, okay, never mind. You, yeah, I'll be right here. You stay there. We're gonna take a picture. Also, also, too, what is it with these marks just hugging up on the female wrestlers? You guys stand no chance in fucking hell. What are you doing? What uh, evaluate your lives, please? Yeah, okay, that's like somebody at a Star Trek convention going up and just, just draping themselves all over Sonequa Martin Green or somebody or. Or Jerry Ryan, it's like, guys. Yeah. Listen, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. So just so just continue fapping, you know, on your computer by yourself, and that's it. Plain and simple. Okay. It's like, don't creep out these people because then they won't want to go to conventions. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? The wrestling world and the Star Trek world kind of converge at, that, at this moment with with the type of fan that is they have. It's... Well, I mean, you can say wrestling, Star Trek, wrestling, Star Wars too. Mm-hmm. The Star Wars fans are are the same way as well. Yeah, you know the issue, the stigmatism with the Trek fans is because when Shatner did that SNL live skit, oh my gosh. Asking, he's like, guys, get a life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's. Oh, you know, yeah. I mean, I absolutely die laugh. But, but, but when you really go to one of those Star Trek conventions, as I went to one Ooh. in in Ticonderoga for Trek Honduras, I mean, I went on Sunday the last day. But from what I've noticed, a lot of the, a lot of the people there, like even the people doing the tours and stuff, like on the tours, they were just kind of normal people. You know, they really weren't. You know crazy fans i mean yeah there are some people dressed up in like uniforms and stuff which don't get me wrong i mean i i i i enjoy that part of going mm-hmm. to convention and seeing that now what i wear now i know i can do the full you know kirk you know with you know with that beautiful yeah. lime green tunic because i have that yeah. would i wear that at a convention probably not <laughs> even though even though i've lost the weight to fit back into it so but it's just to me, you know, to me, I want to be comfortable at one of those conventions, and to me being comfortable is in a pair of pants and a button down and walking right. around. And yeah, so yeah, I mean, you know, I th- I think it's interesting, and it's interesting you brought this up because I think um, I saw this this earlier this week. Mickey James wrote on her Instagram about there was a picture that she took with a fan where she's in this dress and he's in like a tuxedo shirt and he's got his armed around like a prom picture and apparently people were rip, ripping the guy for it when she said it was my idea to take the picture so i'm a grown-ass woman yes i was tired she says but i had just wrestled you know three matches and i just had a match and mm-hmm. whatever but this guy is a great guy he's you know he's raised help you know it was for the 
they at WrestleCon they had what they call WrestleMania, where it's like they auctioned off dresses. Okay. From the people from Impact and other people, um, other ladies, and to raise money for foundation. Lady Frost had a dress that was in the in there. Um, and so Mickey James was like, I want to take a picture of this guy. He he has brought in lots of money donating, uh, buying dresses and doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it would be fun. And people were ripping the guy for it when she was like, It was my it was my choice. I'm Here's, a nice woman. Yeah. It, that's the difference though. Like, you know, that's where I, I get what you're coming from, but at the same time, too, it's like, oh, okay, well, if it was her choice, that's fine. But yeah. you know. I, it's hard to kind of want to rip on somebody when it's like, okay, was it their choice or not? You know. Yeah, but you, but you gotta look at that's that's the minority. That's like yeah. the minority one percent. Like you look at the pictures from like Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss, where these marks are, and they're just like this fucking guy, get mm-hmm. him off of me, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm sure there's Star Trek actors the same way too, where you know they're all on Jonathan Franks and Riker's like, I'm gonna. I want to kick you in the fucking face as hard as I can. <laughs> well, I'm sure. I mean, like yeah. I, I think I told you, he he came up here once and it's supposed to be Q and A, and he spent majority of the time just ripping pret- on people, ripping on people, pretending he I was a fan, it. asking like the it. dumbest question. I love it. I love it was it. him, Michael Dorn, and Brett Spiner. Um, and then, but I was able to ask a question, and then so was Jacob when he was little. So it worked out. It was fine, and we asked good questions and. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you ask a question, like people asking, like the fans asking, do you remember in episode uh, he five covered that. He from covered season that. three? What was your, you know, what? it's like, it's like, brother, it's, it's make believe. It's, it's make not believe. real. This yeah. shit isn't fucking real, man. Yeah. Ask a question that. about the filming, what he thought about it. If yeah. he thinks, you know, if he thinks that Star Trek is, is, you know, Maybe relate something that, like, really, like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. If they believe in outer space, if they grew up watching Star Trek back in the day, who yeah. their favorite original character was, what, what, what favorite Star Trek movie, you know, that they watched, or what, you know, or who, or who they want, which, which actor, actress they would love to bring in to work with them on track. Those are the kind of questions should be asked. Yeah. Okay. That's it. You know, me, me, I would ask if I was there. Just to be a dickhead, I'd ask. Listen, was Gene Roddenberry? Was he? Did he really do a lot of coke and fuck a lot of bitches? Okay, <laughs> behind the scenes, did he really do that? Is that true? I want to know. You would be that guy. That I would be that guy. You I'd would be that, be that guy. guy. That guy. How yeah. much cocaine did was Gene Roddenberry doing? <laughs> a whole lot. Guess what? He's a fucking genius. Okay. Yeah. Cocaine. He, he can he can do what he wants. So, but yeah, I mean, it's just interesting that, you know, if you go to a convention, if you go to some of these things, um, which some of our news is going to talk about conventions, uh, the the Chicago, the Mission Chicago uh, convention, where they still release some more stuff after last week when we talked. So uh, if you go to that convention as a Star Trek fan, just remember, um, you're going to represent the fandom mm-hmm. um, and, and behave accordingly. Yeah. You know, um, don't don't be that person, you know, uh, be respectful, be kind. Um, if if a if a actor or actress chooses to do a funny picture with you, great. Uh, it, but if not, just be respectful. Take the picture that they want to do and, you know, thank them for their time and move forward. Uh, don't be that fan. Don't be that yeah. guy or gal. No, yeah, no, no, no. Obviously, me, asking, I would never ask that question, <laughs> even though even though I think if I would ask that question. 
I think Shatner and the guys, I think, I think they get a chuckle out of it, but you know, obviously yes, guys, just be respectful and just go there and represent Star Trek the way you would want, you know, that's it. Just yeah. go there, have fun, be respectful. And guess what? If you see someone that's cosplay and you're just like amazed at it, take a picture with them. Yeah. Put them, give ask them, them. Ask them. Ask, well, ask, ask them first, ask them and take a picture with them. You know, that's it. So, you know, and enjoy the moments, enjoy the times that you have there. That's, that's, that's the whole thing. You know, we want to talk about with fandoms a little bit is make sure you're, you're, you're being something that if somebody saw it outside, you'd be like, okay, this is something I could be a part of. This is something, you know, because that's the whole point of the fandom is to bring in more people to want to want. Yeah. You want to grow the product. want to grow the product. I mean, I think, I think, um, I think it was off air. Uh, when we had Big Ray on, when he mm-hmm. he came on, which by the way he's he kind of got lost a little bit in watching, so he's going to catch up and he's <laughs> about a month or two he's gonna he's gonna finish season okay. three and four. Right. And so cool. I've already kind of talked to him about coming back on about that. But um, you know what I think is a compliment he gave us, and I don't know if it was on on after we did the show or in a text, but he's like, "Man, y'all just made me feel welcome. You you didn't berate me when I asked questions. You were just." Real helpful and kind. Well, yeah, I mean, because because that, we, yeah, that's what we, you want. That's what yeah. you want as a fan. You want to exactly, bring him yeah. in. Why? Why am I going to gatekeep and make someone feel like shit for not knowing? I yeah. want them to feel good and and appreciate the show like we do. You know what I mean? This is a guy who's in his forties and is learning about Star Trek for the first time. He has a general idea, but he's watching the Next Generation, enjoying it, and then whereas we've grown up with it, and it's fun for us in that aspect. I think we said in the episode because. We're seeing it through a brand new user's eyes, which we haven't seen in a long time. You yeah, know? and so I think that's where we we are excited about some of these things. Oh, it's truly excited because we, we're excited to what we know with them and to yeah. like guide him. You know, yeah. Well, and then in, like with things like uh, Strange New Worlds, like it's a brand new Star Trek. We're getting to, but it's about a period that we've always wondered about. What happened? The Enterprise was forced by with, exactly. With well, okay, cool. We're getting that finally. And so as old fans, you know, per se, we're excited because it's like we're getting something new. It's mm-hmm. exciting, but it's something that we've always wanted to know about. And so that's the thing I think we we can also look forward to in sharing that aspect of it. So um, with that said, how about we we break into the news that we've kind of mentioned a little bit here. So it's me, brother. All right. So if... Uh, since we, we are back to our regular scheduled program, so James Money MacGyver, if you will put in the bosun's whistle right here. All right. So uh, that is this the sound that we will be bringing you the news for the week. So mm-hmm. um, the first thing we want to talk about at Mission uh, Star Trek Mission Chicago, Captain Pike is getting his own novel for Strange New Worlds, okay. um, and it deb- debuts May 5th. As Who's a tie in that? Who's writing the novel? Uh, John Jackson Miller. Oh, he's yeah. a really good author. Yeah, so excellent it, author. Yeah, so it, it was announced. Stranger Worlds about on the fifth, but this book will drop on the eighth of November in of this November. year. So um, here's the official synopsis: When an experimental shuttlecraft fails, Captain Christopher Pike suspects a man, man, mechanical malfunction, only to discover the very principles on which Starfleet bases its technology have simply stopped functioning. Wow. He and his crewmates are forced to abandon ship in a dangerous maneuver that scatters their party across the strangest new world they've ever encountered. First officer Una finds herself fighting to survive 
in the untamed wilderness where dangers lurk at every turn. Young cadet uh, Uhura struggles in a volcanic wasteland where things are not as they seem. Science officer Spock is missing altogether. And Pike gets the chance to fulfill his childhood dream, to live the life of a cowboy in a world where the tools of the 23rd century are of no use. He does. He really... In one of the... um, it was It was in one of the Discovery books season two where they had the enterprise affair i think or the enterprise incident i think right uh, but he talked about how he loves the wild west and obviously if you watch the pilot the cage he loves horses and he, mm-hmm. he loves the west yeah actually speaking of that i just went on to audible and i just uh pre-ordered that so that's coming nice. november. so yeah so i'll yeah. be enjoying that in november yeah so it says, yet even in the saddle, Pike is still very much a starship captain with all the responsibilities that it entails. Setting out to find his crewmates, he encounters a surprising face from his past and discovers one of the people's utopia might be someone else's purgatory. He must lead an exodus or risk a calamity of galactic proportions that even the starship enterprise is powerless to stop. Uh, the cover was revealed and it's called The High Country is the I name like of the it. book. Yeah. So... Uh, it's 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 good. It says uh, John, Jonathan Jackson Miller is the author of many Trek tie-ins, including last year's Star Trek Picard: Rogue Elements, mm-hmm. um, which garnered Trek Movies Best of 2021. Um, Jackson also announced the book at Star Trek Mission Chicago event, um, and it's a doozy, is what he said. Um, really? So, uh, for an author to say that about their own book, usually they're pretty critical about their own stuff, and so um, it looks really really good. Very interesting. So. We're getting our first tie-in novel for Strange New Worlds. How do you feel about it, Triple D? How's it sound I lo- to you? I, I love it. I love it. The I am happy to see that there's novels coming out because the the uh, the uh, the lit the literature universe has been really quiet since Star Trek Coda, since the original three books. So I'm I'm glad to see that. I'm glad that now we're gonna start having novels coming out now. And I'm excited to, to, to read about this, see how they're going to tie it in with the show and everything else. Yeah. And to see where, because in the novels, they do kind of go, you know, about Pike's history and Pike a little bit, especially in the Captain's Oath. That's three another three-book series. Where they talk about Pike. They talk about, they really do go into the background of, of Una, number one. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to this book to see, you know, what else they're going to build upon because usually the literature universe is very you know when it comes to continuity they're very good with that Mm. they tend not to stray too far away from that right and i mean i find it interesting that you know strange new worlds is already getting books lined up for it i think uh discovery picard were well after their season is concluded when the books are tying in i mean this to me says paramount is putting a lot of stock into this into strange new worlds for this to already have a book set to come out a few months after the premiere of, you know, Strange New Worlds. So also, I, oh, I'm sorry, John, I don't mean to interrupt uh, you, but a lot of the writers for these new series are the former Star Trek authors. Right. So which is good. Yeah, which is really good. So, I mean, so obviously for them to to like to, to do a book about it is good, but you're right. Paramount is really, I mean, Paramount is hitching their wagon on Star Trek. It's with all the series, with all the series that they have and series in production. I mean, this is good for us Star Trek fans. Now we just need to get the movies going now. Yeah. And I mean, I think this will get that 
going as far as could we do movies? I think we could. Of course, there's still a talk of four, you know, Star Trek Four with the Kelvin timeline. It's still kind of in limbo that there, there's a possibility of it. There's no real news right now on it, but it's it's just been kind of rumors still around. But there's no official story saying it is in production or not or Gee, whatever. Man. But everybody has said they would do it if they would. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, this, I mean, this sounds like Ghostbusters like three for God's sakes, where it was like in production for 20 years and then you know Harold Ramis dies. Yeah, and then they do. Ghostbusters Afterlife, and I literally I cried at the end of Ghostbusters Afterlife because I too. I'm like, you guys couldn't do this while Hale Ramis was alive. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a this is a part of my childhood, and he's not there anymore. Right. And it was just it was just really really emotional for me. Yeah, and it's just yeah. But I think that's what made the story though. At, at the same time, great, I I thought it was a really good movie. Yeah, and, and everyone that's like, it's like. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Just shut yeah. Up. Yeah. No, it, it really it was, was. It was good. I think. It was good. And I think even the loss of Harold Ravis, they timed that in oh, to make it a part of the story. Yeah. Made it, I think, just took it to that next emotional level to where you did feel it at the end. Such a good, such a good set. But, yeah. you know, but Paramount really is, they're really, I think even we've talked about, I think Strange New Worlds is really their new flagship. Yes. You know, I think they're moving off Discovery, off Picard and all these other shows where Strange New Worlds is their flagship. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could you could tell by Discovery how how horrible the writing was for season four. Which we're gonna talk about later in the show. Yeah. So which yeah. Now no, just a question. Okay. Did did the writers and the producers try to put the blame on the actors for the reason why season four wasn't all that good? Uh no, I don't. Okay. I didn't read that, but I mean, at this point, I you know I do know that it's shuffling around the staff. So which we'll go into that. We're going to talk about okay, that. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's because, later. That's later. All right. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry. No, we're good. I'm getting I'm right. getting ahead of myself. Right. Yeah. So all right. So uh, in case you didn't know, last week uh, concluded on Sunday. Uh, Read Pop is the name of the company that has taken over the convention process and convention license for Star Trek in the United States. Um, so hence this mission Chicago. Um, and they've already announced next year where they're going to be for the next Star Trek mission. Oh, um, So they're saying next year will be Seattle for May 26th through 28th in 2023. Um, so that is the goal um, for next year is that they will um have this convention it'll be very large they haven't said where they're going to go yet but the tickets will go on sale in june of this year for next year's list uh, for next year's show so and their goal is to make these where they travel to a new city each year so triple d how do you i mean we used to know the conventions were always in vegas or things like that yeah. how do you feel reed pop did this first year with mr chicago and then moving it to a new city every year well i gotta say it probably now, since he brought it to Chicago, I'm quite sure that Repop did very well with this convention in Chicago, correct? Yes. That'd be safe to say. Um, I Yeah, I mean, that, it's good because you need to find where the concentration of Star Trek fans are. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I didn't realize there's a huge Star Trek, you know, following in Seattle out of all places. Yeah. So, listen, 
do it in Seattle, bring it back to the East Coast, do it like in Florida, Texas, maybe. I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot of Star Trek fans in Dallas. Oh yeah. You know, and the thing and the thing with the thing with Seattle, plus even with Seattle, with even with the conventions and stuff, there's still a lot to do in Seattle as well. So you can go to the convention, you can go down to where is it, the um uh Pike's place down there, the fish market. For the the fish market, walk around the Space Needle and stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember watching an episode of Frasier where Frazier and Niles were walking around Seattle talking about everything about the city. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if, you, if you're a car person, go check out the LeMay Car Museum. It is really outstanding. Um, I did that when we were in Seattle. That is a must. If you're a car person, they have so many cars there. Oh, I got to check that out. Very see, well laid out. See, so so there you go. So that's Seattle. Is It's, it's, it's a good spot for people to go to, mm-hmm. you know, and. And plus, I mean, and I'm sure they have a large convention center there too. too they do. There. And then so, go go check out Boeing. They have a, a guided tour. You can mm-hmm. see all the, the the planes they build, the 787s, 77s. They give, take you on a guided tour. Boeing has a great facility. You can go tour that as well. Yeah. There's there's a lot to do. There's a lot to do. Yeah. In Seattle. So, yeah. So so it's so where 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 Repop is putting, they are picking out places where yes. You can do the convention, but guess what? If your significant other or people or other people really aren't digging the whole convention thing, mm-hmm. you can get tickets to it. You can go to it for one day, but then after you do the convention or who you want to see, and there's more to do, you know. So that helps out the city of Seattle, and I'm sure the city of Seattle cut, you know, cut them a pretty sweetheart deal on the convention center for them to make money on. So to me, it's. It, it's 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 a it's a win win situation. Too bad for Vegas, but guess what? You know, you some people can't make it to Vegas. You know, so I mean, I mean, some people won't be making it to Seattle either. Right? You know, I, I can't make it to Seattle. No, that's but, I, that's expensive for me to get there. Yeah, too. yeah, I it's mean. wicked expensive. But you know what though? I I hope they're successful. I hope the city of Seattle is successful. I hope they make a lot of money, and more you know and star trek gets recognized more so right yeah it can only help i I like the idea of traveling around moving to different places um because you know like you said maybe people in seattle maybe have been wanting to do it for a long time go to a convention and they can't because you know the the, you know this out of the other so it's definitely one of those things where we look at it going okay this is only just help make it more accessible to people. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause let's be honest, like Seattle West coast, how many people are getting stuff like that, you know, um, yeah. along those lines. So uh, it, it's kind of one of those things where we have to wonder um, really almost, it, it sounds like a great idea because you're, you're making it go. Uh, we're, we're expanding the process a little bit here yeah. and, and making it accessible for everybody. So all right, so well, we have uh, one thing that was revealed in Chicago, uh, Mission Chicago, where some clues for season three of Lower Decks. If you have not seen Lower Decks, easily the best what Star are you Trek doing? show. What it, are you it, doing? it is one of the best shows on it there. It is awesome. It, and so uh, they, uh, let's see, you had uh, the crew, they, the, the, the actors who were there, uh, Jerry O'Connell, who plays Jack Ransom, uh, the, the first officer. Um, he came out in full uniform, uh, and really? then 
Uh, Noel Wells as Tindy came out in her uniform. wasn't green, but she came out there. Uh, uh, Jack Quaid uh, came out as Blimler with the purple hair. Oh, uh, yeah. And um, and then um, did uh, Tanny Newsom show? Uh, Tanny Newsom. It said uh, jo- uh, Jordy Bear. Um, uh, or, hang on, let me see. Uh, yes, and Tony Newsom was there. Uh, Eugene Cordero was going to be there, but he couldn't do due to a scheduling conflict. So Eugene uh, Cordero is a pretty popular actor. Yeah, he really is, and and he, so is Jack Quaid. Yeah, um, Jack you know, he, he does the. Uh, he's on the Boys. So yeah. if, if you if you've seen the Boys, that's who voices Blimler. So if you need yeah. to put a face with Blimler, that's who that's who that then, is. Then then if you watch Loki, one of one of the workers of the TVA. The one who goes, yeah, I have all these, you know, I have all these infinity stones. They're just using them as paperweights. Yeah. That's Eugene Cordero. Right. Yeah. So he's he's, he's been in a lot of stuff. So, yeah, um, you know, it's interesting. So they do give some hints about season three, which we know they're going to do kind of a the search for Freeman is what they're calling. Yes. It. You know? Yes. Yes. You know. So, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, so uh, there, there is a, a little hint of that there. Um, um, so there, they they were given uh, the crowd. It's not available anywhere, um, uh, but they were given a glimpse of something. A clip they were not to be shared with the general public. The clip featured a cold open and first scene from the episode that wasn't the season premiere. It features the Lord Deckers playing a Klingon version of Dungeons and Dragons called. Batlifts and Behunch. <laughs> the, the game featured a virtual Martok voiced by JG Hertzler as the dungeon master, but Blimler noted it wasn't the real Chancellor Martok, but a Ferengi knockoff. He had lines like Kapla, you rolled an 18, which means the Patak is frozen in fear by your battle cry. The game ended with Blimler being eliminated to not live out your days as a warrior, but as a dentist. So, so that's that was a clip that was shown you to have- them. Barbara, you have brought great dis- brought great shame on your house. Yeah. So as a dentist. Oh so so that's that's some of the things that will be happening uh for the show. Um there's talk of uh maybe we might see some singing and salamander babies. So there may be Ooh. some musicals and um so if, yeah, you know, so we might see some of that. Um so there's just they dropped a lot of hints. Uh, of what could be coming in season three, but we do know the search for Freeman is kind of the unofficial title of what's going on. So uh, if you saw the teaser trailer, they're like, we don't even know what the Cerritos is. Well, I do. And, you know, as, as Rutherford says, and we see it being worked on in space dock. So could there be a Cerritos stealing going on? Um, Who knows? Oh my God. Yes. If this is like Star Trek Three, but they spoof it, I'll be like, "This is the greatest thing ever." Yes, yes. Because actually, I just speaking of the Star Trek movies, I'm in the prize. I'm rewatching them with a friend of mine, and because she's a Star Trek fan, but she's really never seen them, so we'll watch the movies. And we just got done watching Star Trek Four: mm. Voyage Home. So it's we watched. It's a good one. No, sorry. Double, double dumbass on you. Du- double dumbass on you, and then. It's like, oh, these are in good condition. I'll give you a hundred dollars for it. Is that, is that good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I'm looking for the nuclear vessels. It's the 80s, 80s, and the Russian guys asking for the nuclear. Yeah, and this cop is just staring at him like, what the hell? Oh my god. Nuclear vessels. Nuclear vessels. (laughs) Oh my god. So, yeah. So, so I'm like, if they do, it's going to be great. But unfortunately, we have to watch Star Trek V. So. To get to Star Trek Six, right? We, we got to, oh get my you to God, I am right. jonesing to watch Star Trek Six again. Yes, I love Star Trek Six. It's, so it's, fucking good. It is good. Oh, the music, everything is just so good about it. It, it really is. It really. Oh is. God, it is good. Yes. Good. So uh, another. So Patrick Stewart's wife, Sunny Ozell, uh, makes an appearance in Star Trek Picard. Um, really? Yes. Yeah, so um, this was as of last. Thir- April 13th. So that Thursday the episode dropped. Um, basically, there's a scene where Gerardi walks into an LA bar and it's played by Patrick Stewart's wife, Sonny Ozell, who is a professional singer. And so um, that obviously Patrick Stewart had a little pull on making well, that happen. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, but still, just a little bit, you know, just, yeah. I mean, he doesn't play that big of a role. I mean, you know, right. Yeah, I mean, just a small part. But it was a very interesting episode, um, if you haven't seen it yet. And um, we will break it down when the show's over. In case you're wondering why we haven't talked Picard or anything like that, we are waiting for series to end completely, and we'll talk about the entire series. Because you could talk about an episode, but I feel like it's important to break down a a series or a season by the overall theme. Because you can have a good episode, but how it relates to the rest of the series I think is important. So, yeah. you know, I think I think that's what. So we we discussed we're going to do that. So this week we're going to be focusing on uh, Discovery season four. Uh, I think Lord Dex needs to be done at some point just so we oh, can yeah. have a good laugh. Um, season then, seasons one and two of Lord Dex. We yeah, need to talk about. That. Yeah, and then I think um, and then once Picard finishes, we'll do that, and we'll hold off on like Strange New Worlds until after that. I haven't watched Prodigy yet. I probably need to do that if we're going to break that one down as well. I watched Prodigy. I mean, as I said before, you know, I thought it was pretty good. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there was. So the thing with Prodigy is, yes, there's, you know, there's adversity. But guess what? Mm-hmm. There's hope. Yeah. There's hope. And that's the difference. It reminded me of older track that. Dark and edgy and scary and. Nothing is good in the future, blah blah blah. No, there's hope, you know, people can get out. So that's I'll give Prodigy that. And and the voice acting was pretty good. And I said before, that one episode where they brought back all the old Star Trek characters to like, you know, in that um oh god, in that holodeck program episode. To me, to me, it's mm. like it's like one of the best Trek episodes I've ever watched, yeah. just because of how they did that. It was just, it was just, it was amazing, absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah. Okay, so our next story, Michelle Yeoh, on how the Section Thirty One show would be a different kind of Star Trek. So, uh, well, yeah, obviously it would be. Yeah. So it's uh, three years since the announcement of the Star Trek Discovery spinoff has been in development um, with that, but. The busy actress gives a brief update and description of what it would be like. So ever since the third series, um, you know, there's been wondering of what's going to happen. 
Um, and, a, and about um, about a week ago, she gives this um, update. Section 31 is that Star Trek universe, but different. It's like Mission Impossible meets Guardians of the Galaxy in space. So, which is interesting. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, which is interesting because, you know, her idea, you mentioned the Guardians, as we know, her exit of the show involved the Guardian of Forever played as Carl, yeah. you know. So could he part be part of the Section 31 show, you know, by mentioning Guardians? And uh, uh, it, I don't know. Like, uh, it sounds very, very interesting. Or could it be Here's... just more she's talking about that ragtag group of people coming together to work as a team to, to solve it that way? The only thing I know is this. I just want Michelle Yeoh, Giorgio, I want her just being mm-hmm. just a fucking savage every single episode. Yeah. Because Emperor Giorgio savage fucking savage and i loved every minute of it who didn't who didn't Dude, she that? was I, she was awesome man she crushed it she crushed michelle it. yo was fucking awesome on discovery exactly. and i swear anybody anybody that disagrees with me come find me on social media and i will put you in your place because she is she is one of the best actresses that there is and how she took Giorgio from that you know from that from first when you first meet Giorgio. Emperor Giorgio, she love. I-, I could tell she loved being Emperor Giorgio because she could be kick ass and do what she needed to do. That was awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So, um, the thing about this is we know that um, Picard won that first third season. It's kind of been that unofficial secret, but a Paramount officially announced it. You know, last week. Um, and if they want to maintain their year round trek that they have been going. With around 50 episodes per year, another show is going to have to be greenlit. So surely this Section 31 show is going to be something that's going to have to happen. Um, so maybe they're just waiting for her to kind of get through Picard before they get started with production on it. But, well, you know, but they, that's the whole thing is, is I think it's going to be let's get through, let's get through Picard, which we know. All the bridge crew except for Will Wheaton is coming back, as we talked about last week. Fuck Will Wheaton. He's a bitch. Which we laughed about that. Um, <laughs> but we know she's also very busy because she just has this movie out right now, Everything Everywhere All at Once, um, which looks super trippy and crazy, but apparently is a lot of fun. Uh, she's in the Netflix miniseries The Witcher Blood Origin, and she's also in the sequel to Avatar. Um, really? So, yeah. So so she's got a lot going on, as well as a Disney Plus action, and she's currently production on the upcoming Disney Plus action comedy series, American Born Chinese. So, so she's she's in a lot right now, which Ooh. is great. Um, she, she can, yeah, she, she's got good range, man. She's got great range. She's got really great range. But and I think, you know, I, I think that's, but at the same time, if you're Star Trek, you have that pull, you know, she's an established character. I think you're going to be able to get her to, mm. you know, really take off and do well. You got to pay her very well to do that, though. Yeah, yeah. So... Exactly. Paramount's got the money. It's okay. They do. They do. They can. Yeah. They, can they got that. So they can. Uh, they got. Yeah. They got the coin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They do. Um. Hey, Triple D. Have you seen the? Uh, it's on the internet. Star Trek: The Next Generation in the animated series style. Yes, I did see that. See some of those videos. Yes, I watched the one where they uh, kidnapped uh, Picard as the boy. Yeah. yeah so I I, I, I. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, they nailed this perfectly. Yes, 
So it's a um, it's from Gazelle uh, Automations. It was founded by Justin and Lindsay Lee, based out of Toronto, Canada. And their goal of entertainment with the magic of puppetry, model miniatures, and animation. So, um, yeah, so it says the two-minute clip is reimagining the kidnapping of a Captain Picard from the best of both worlds, as, there, as if it were done by Filmation in the 70s. And if you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. It is awesome. Um, and basically, there's a nice interview uh, about why they did it and how they love it. Um, and actually, they were said the reception of the show, of the video took them by surprise. Um, and then because they posted it the day before this interview, and all of a sudden, it's just taken off like crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, and they asked them like about the challenges about trying to match filmation style and everything like that. So it's a very interesting. They even have how we animated uh, Star Trek TNG TAS. Uh, they have a video on YouTube about that. So very interesting thing. If you like filmmaking or if you just um, like the animated series, this is a great way to check out um, what it does. But like Triple D, I think this is where the strength of the Trek universe comes in of, you know, the fan-made stuff, the people who love it, who want to create the stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, we see this with like Axanar, with, with just some of the fan-made things that are done really, really yeah. well. Star Trek, Star Trek, the voyages continue. Voyages continue. Yeah, that was, I mean, you want to talk, I mean, like, here's the thing. If you want to watch good fan-made, yes, Axanar has done very well, but Star Trek, the voyages continues where they basically took off on that year five. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, to, to me, when it comes to a fan production, to the values of, you know, where CBS did it in the 60s, that's right there. Right. I mean, it's there. It's awesome. The storytelling is great. So so to, so to the Star Trek fans out there, they're like, not going to watch that fan-made shit. Yeah. Believe me. Take the time, watch yeah. it because you will be shocked yes. and you will get addicted to watching it. I watched one where they did it in, I think it was either, I think in, I, I don't want to insult, but it was done like in a Slavic language. I'm not sure if it was, it was Croatian or I'm, I'm not sure. But even though they had subtitles with it, it was interesting as fuck and mm. I enjoyed the story. So, guys. Trust, trust Triple D, trust John Enright, mm-hmm. go watch the fan-made stuff because it's really good. And especially watch that Star Trek, the Next Generation animated series short. You will be shocked at how good it is. Yeah. I, I, seriously, I seriously thought I was watching something that Filmation made. Yeah. I mean, that's how good it was. It was that good. Yeah. So, But if you're that much of a snob and you want to watch just the canon stuff, um, Fathom Events, um, they hear you. So uh, as of right now, the Star Trek The Motion Picture Director's Edition is scheduled for Fathom Events yep. in the big screen Sunday, May 22nd, and Wednesday, May 25th. But they've now added May 23rd. So there's now three dates for you to go watch Fathom Events, Star Trek The Motion Picture Director's Edition. Um, so if that's something you've been craving for, and, and this is and this is gonna be in the theaters, in the theaters through Fathom Events. Fathom so. Events. Hold on, let me let me see because nothing good ever comes to where I live. Uh, okay, because yeah. 
because I live in the armpit of New York. All right, I'm going to fathomevents.com. Star Trek the motion picture. Um, let me. I'm gonna put in my zip code here and see what comes up uh, for Sunday. Ridgemar, Hulemall, and Fossil Creek. There is a three and a seven, a seven and a three and a seven. Monday, May twenty third, a seven seven seven. Wednesday, seven seven seven. So, yeah, I've got three theaters near me that I could go do that. Hold on, I'm checking mine because I'm a. There we go. Let's see. Three show times only. Okay. I just have it at Regal Destiny, which is which is the mall in, in Syracuse. So it's forty five minutes away from me. Hmm. So I can. Oh, they are smoking the bandit. The forty fifth anniversary. That's a good one, Smoking the Bandit. I love that movie. Oh, yeah, Smoking the Bandit is great. Smoking the Bandit. You some put the evidence in the. Ain't no way, no way you can come from my lawns. Yeah. When I get back home, I'm going to punch your mama right in the mouth. <laughs> Jackie Gleason, uh, man. He yeah. Was fucking comedic, comedic yeah. genius. <laughs> well, and on top of that, so four days ago, uh, it was released that Fathom Events will now have another showing of Star Trek The Wrath of Khan. Really? September, September 4th, 5th, and 8th. Wow. Um, and they are doing a, the director's cut version of Wrath of Khan. Um, so it'll be Nicholas Meyer's director's cut version shown September 4th, 5th, and 6th through Fathom Events again. Um, so... Uh, that'll be interesting to see as we get closer. Um, let's see. Uh, so now, so now, what would the difference be? Would there be like some scenes that weren't in Star Trek 2 now they're going to be in it, or what's that's my understanding? Uh, it just says it's going to be the director's cut. Um, so they're just gonna, um, it also says the special 40 movie anniversary event includes insights from Turner Classic Movies. So uh, okay. I'm sure they're, they're going to have some things that we may be cut that they'll add back in. Uh, so, yeah, same, same three theaters for me are available. I can already get tickets now um, <laughs> for September. Uh, so Sunday, September 4th, Monday. Same September theater 4th. for me. It's uh, Destiny. It's always yeah. Destiny. Yeah. So uh, a lot, I think I think, um, uh, I think depending on the company, uh, is determining who has the Fathom events kind of yeah Regal yeah I mean yeah. Regal cinemas usually they do the Fathom yeah events. so uh so Triple D gun to your head if you had to pick Wrath of Khan or Motion Picture which one do you need to go see Motion Picture what Motion Picture what mm-hmm. <sighs> listen my man Dave Collin from the Dave Collins Show loves Motion Picture too we should have him on the show. He thinks yeah. like us. He's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'm down for that. He is. He is not a fan of Discovery or Picard. He does not like. He's not a fan of uh, New Track. I know that because I listen to what he has to say. Mm. And he's, uh, yeah. I mean, and he's just, he's just like us. It's like, listen, you know, it's just so dark. It's so dystopian. It's not what Gene Roddenberry would want, you know. So that's kind of his whole take on it. And plus, too, he's Scottish too. I think. Mm. So. Money so MacGyver. We'll need Money MacGyver to kind of We're gonna need Money translate MacGyver. for it. Ex- exactly. 
no, actually, actually, no, he does. He does speak pretty well, actually. He does speak pretty well. Yeah. But yeah, but no, but he's, uh, no, he's a good follow on YouTube. So, you know. Yes. Um, all right. So we, uh, let's see. Let's go. What's, what's, what's the interesting story? Ah, speaking of Quark, uh, Quark is headed off for an adventure in uh, a new one off series called, uh, from IDW called Star Trek Ferengi. Um, <laughs> yes. It's an extra yes. long one off series, one off issue focused on the memorable aliens of Star Trek. And then following February's Klingon issue, uh, this month will focus on the Ferengi with Quark. Uh, it's written by Christina Rice and the art by Andy Price. Uh, there's a five page preview in, in places. Um, and, and, and so follow Quark on an unforgettable adventure to Ferenginar, where mother, brother, and brother challenge the very core beliefs of the Ferengi culture. Oh, when does Ferengi history change forever in this can't miss issue? Oh, jeez. And you, hilarious Ferengi hijinks to follow. Yeah, so the cover says Star Trek Ferengi, and Moogie's on the front. It says the future is female, and Cork has a sign that says not on my station. Ah, so, yeah. But he looks beaten down as his mom has a hand on his head. And uh, uh, so uh, basically you start off with Cork at the bar, and there it looks like Bashir with him. And uh, so it's definitely going to be interesting to say the least. So um, I definitely, if you like Cork, who is, as Triple D said, it says it is released for April 20th, retail price of $7.99. Um, you can pre-order with a discount, a 20% discount at TFAW. You can pick up the digital edition on Amazon.com slash Comixology. So if you've got the Comixology app, you can pick it up there uh, for digital. Uh, so Triple D, Ferengi. Um, extra large one off edition with Quark featuring Quark. You in? Oh my god, I'm in. The Ferengi rules of acquisition, like a adopted novel on Audible. That would be cool. And then there was another one Ferengi, like tales of like great Ferengi, like things. Mm. Oh my god, I loved it, was laughing, enjoyed it. There were there were like there was it was a bridge that were only two hours long, but I was left wanting more. I mean that's I mean that's how good of a story that it told. Hmm. And the Ferengi really it's kind of yes they they are a pretty major alien race. But there's not a lot of stories about the Ferengi. No, you know? no, they're almost yeah. on the same level as Breen as far as number of stories there are. We 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 know even though Quark was a major part of what happened on Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine. We don't know a lot about Ferengi and Ferengi. We know what we've seen there, but even then, that was a lot that we we don't know still. So, uh, because we saw them in Next Generation, and then we see something almost completely different, it seems like, in Deep Space Nine. Yeah, they're you know? comical. Yeah. So, um, well, actually, they were, they were a little comical in, in Next Gen, too. They were, but just... After the first season, they were. Yeah, it, it was, I think. So, all right, two more stories for today. First, Nicholas Meyer says SETI Alpha 5 Star Trek miniseries about Khan is just sitting there. So the idea what is going on here. They're just yeah. leaving gold sitting there. Yeah. It says uh, while he was working on Discovery, Meyer also developed a miniseries about Khan Union soon. 
um, set on SETI Alpha 5, which stole the story of what happened to Khan between two, the TOS adventure, the space seed, and Star Trek II. He went on to write uh, out a three-part miniseries for SETI Alpha 5. Um, and, and basically, he's been out in the last few weeks saying he's got it, asking fans questions, encouraging him to be there, um, and, and kind of encouraging people to like voice their opinion on what they would want to that they want to see this series. So he uh, he's on Twitter. You can go to Twitter. Uh, Nicholas MQ uh, is his Twitter handle, and see the videos he has talking about um, that. But he also talks a little bit about um, his original conviction that Spock should die uh, at the end of Wrath of Khan, and how he was wrong about that. Um, yeah, so he was wrong about that. There, so there's some definitely some interesting thoughts of uh, his opinions and things along those lines. But so Nicholas Meyer, uh, mastermind of the Wrath of Khan, and then of course Episode Six, Undiscovered Country, probably two of the best Star Trek mm-hmm. movies that have been made. Um, how do you feel? You think this should happen, Triple D? Of course. And then also too, I still love. I still love it when, like, che- when Chekhov goes to to Khan. Captain Kirk left you on City Alpha Five. There was everything here. This is Salty Alpha Five. Yeah. You no. Know? So I mean, it's, so it's kind of. Uh, I I would love to see because wh- how did City Alpha Six? How did it blow up? Why didn't they ever go? Why didn't they ever go check on you know these like super super beings to make sure you know they're not? I don't know. Trying to take over the universe. I mean, I, I want. I mean, did they try to contact Starfleet? What happened in that? Yeah. What happened in that fifteen-year span? That's what I want to know. Mm. I gotta know what happened in the fifteen-year span. I gotta know what happened too from the Enterprise, from the Enterprise B to the Enterprise D. I gotta know that history too. Yeah, I need it, John. We need to know this, John. We need to know this history. Mm-hmm. It's just out there, writers. Instead of create, I, I mean, listen. I get you want to create something new like Discovery or bring something back like Picard, but why not write series like that about explaining the void, the fifteen-year void from you know when Kirk dropped Khan and Seti Alpha Five? Why not write about the story of the Enterprise B to the Enterprise C? I mean, yeah. I'm just saying. Why not write a story about, I don't know, you know, if they wanted to do the first, they wanted to go, you know, the female captain, female minority captain, why not write a story about the, the female captain on the USS uh, Ticonderoga? You know, I mean, I, I mean, Star Trek too. I mean, that era of Star Trek, a lot of people love that era of Star Trek. Whenever they see that uniform, they see those starships. Because that was was popular in the '80s. That's where a lot of the fandom, you know, just a lot of the old fandom, like just they just say, you know, that's we hug that tightly. And a lot of the new fans got into that. So, right. I don't know. That's just that's just me, John. I mean, but what do I know? Well, well, you know a hell of a lot. So I I think so anyway. But I'm biased. Um, (laughs) but you know, I think it's going to be definitely interesting to see if we can get something like that. Uh, I think there's a lot out there about the Star Trek universe we haven't touched. So man, let's put those kind of things out there. Those stories out there, even if this is done in a comic book form, I think it would be very cool. Oh, I think, Um, yeah, very cool. Or video or or cartoon, 
but uh, I think the you've got people who want this kind of thing, so let's let's give it to them. Let's let's keep feeding it. You exactly. you've seen that the fans are loving everything you're doing, especially with the five shows of production. Keep going, keep finding yeah. ways to do it. So, all right, our last one is a quick one. We're going to talk about Rebecca Romain has given an interview about being number one. Uh, which, by the way, she does have a name now. Una Chin Riley is number one's name, mm-hmm. actually. So that is her full name. Uh, going into the show, she talks about how it's being a blank slate. But one interesting thing is how she feels that this Star Trek will be something that um, moms will introduce their kids to Star Trek, saying, my mom introduced me to Star Trek because not just of her, but because of the way the, the series is going to be uh, closer to that original series aspect of it. Um, and one interesting question was brought up. All three roles played by Majel Barrett in the original series, number one, Chapel, and the Enterprise Computer are in Strange Worlds. And there was there a preliminary discussion of you taking on more than just number one? And she said it never came up, but that's a hilarious question. I appreciate the question, but it never came up, though. So uh, that idea of, well, she could be the voice of the computer as well as being number one. Um, yeah, she could. Yeah. We know that she could be Nurse Chapel because someone else has been cast for that. But um, And then she also says, they, they, they was asked, you've been lucky enough to be involved in a lot of projects from X-Men to Chuck and DC Cartoons. Now you're in Star Trek. Do you seek out these more nerdy roles or is it just something that's brought to you? I would say I definitely have an inner nerd that I embrace. I don't necessarily seek them out, except I will say that it's more fulfilling. Female characters are usually within that genre, especially as the mother of daughters. Those roles are more interesting for me to play. So being a mom and she sees those that way, I find it very interesting. Um, What about you, Triple D? Do you think, one, she's going to be a good number one, being the fact that we basically it's a blank slate character, but two, this is someone who has done and has experience in, as they say, the more sci-fi or nerdy type roles and who embraces it. Um, Overall, do you feel like this is going to be a good combination for an interesting character as we go into the brave new world? Oh, I I I definitely think so. I mean, she had a, she had a small part in discovery season two. Mm -hmm. And she killed it as 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 number one. So I yeah, no, I think it's great, you know. I mean, I looked at I looked at all the characters there from from Strange New Worlds. The only one, like the only one to me where it kind of scratched my head was was a was uh was they did like the con one. I'm like, why mm. you gotta do a con one for? Yeah. Uh, I, I you know, and why not? Well, whatever. You know, I, I've been wrong about things, you know, where I'm getting, you know, like I thought that Daniel Craig sh- should have not been Bond back when back when he got cast to be Bond. And boy, I was proved wrong on that one because Daniel Craig's one of my favorite Bonds. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I, I think she's going to do good because, you know, she, you know, she's obviously an original series fan. She understands mm-hmm. what the original series is and how the tone it should be. So I'm looking forward to it. I really am. I God, I hope it is. If I watch Strange New Worlds and it's like Discovery, I swear to God, I'm going to fucking take a, a nine iron to my TV. Okay, I'm going to be so mad. I probably won't watch Star. I probably won't watch any new track ever again. <laughs> okay, I mean seriously, seriously, don't listen. Okay, here's the thing: as the old saying goes, <laughs> "Was it Full Metal Jacket?" <laughs> you- 
It was something really bad when he goes, you would have the goddamn common courtesy to give him a reach around. Yeah. That's what I hope that Strange Two Worlds does not do to me, okay? God. Oh, oh geez. Oh, I, God, I, God, I. So I, I, I hope that it's like that, that Rebecca, that Una, and Captain Pike, obviously there's going to be, you know, there has to be that chemistry between them. Mm-hmm. Because in the novels, and even and even in the the, the the cage, there is you could say you know respect and love too. Right. And in the Captain's Oath, in the novel, the Captain's Oath, Una regrets the fact that she really never tried anything with Pike. Mm. And in the Captain's Oath, Una does become a captain of a Constitution class starship. So. Right. You know, and I think, you know, really, this is just laying the groundwork for, for I think, a really new, good series that's going to bring us back to what we really felt with the original series, mm-hmm. um, you know, going into that. So speaking of that, um, let's, uh, let's go ahead and issue our Black Alert. Um, now that we have, yeah, if you want to sum it up in one big word, I think you and I both agree. <laughs> Man. Nah. Man, yeah. yeah, I could take it or leave it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this felt like a not just a filler episode. It felt like a filler season. It was. Know, it, it was. It really was. It was like, horrible. You know, I mean, as much as I love Trek, as much as I want to give it the benefit yeah. of the doubt, I slog. This was a slog through to get through. I mean, it was really one of those things where you're going. Okay, what the heck here is going on? What the we fuck had, is going on? We had such a great season last season um, with everything going on in season three. And then season four hits, and it's like they took all that momentum and just chucked it out the window. Yeah, they just... You know, they just... You know I mean, and it was just, you know, basically, we're in the future. We're figuring things out. Hey, look at us. We're solving problems. And then all of a sudden, there's this anomaly that is destroying things, you know? And what is it? How are we going to solve it? Are we going to stop it or not? The 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 repercussions of that, you know, things that are happening, um, the politics, you know, good lord, we have a federation president this year. Um, we have uh, who's negotiating to bring Navarre into the federation, but Navarre's like, no, nah, we want to be able to get out if we want to, kind of thing. Um, you know, there's that whole aspect of it. We, we really didn't need all that. Uh, but, you know, they want to. They're, I, you're rebuilding a universe from a broken universe is, I guess, their thought process. And then... So, do, so, so instead of having this anomaly, just do a season of that. That would have been more interesting because at least I know what to take on it. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, we're talking about this anomaly... That destroy Booker's home plan equation just, just epically dest- left it in rubble, destroyed it, mm-hmm. destroyed Booker. Who I I love the character of Cleveland Booker. I love yes. that character. He's a great fucking character. And they broke him. And they and they fucking broke him. They broke him to what to show that he's human. Of course he's human. Of, of he has emotions. Of course he has emotions. He was saving animals in season three from like being slaughtered. You didn't have to show that. Why? Why, why, why do you gotta make this guy like? No, I enjoyed yeah. him talking about his cat with you know you know 
with a hyperactive thyroid. I got kicked yeah. out of that. I got. And it's just like, no, okay. Oh God, it was just. Fucking, but no, but instead of focusing on the anomaly, try and grab the anomaly. Who's in charge of the anomaly? No, we got to focus on if fucking Navarro is going to join the Federation. Who yeah. gives a fuck? Of course, yeah. it's gonna be the Federation. It's yeah. gonna happen. Don't don't worry about that. Focus on this thing that's destroying fucking planets, for God's sakes. Yeah. That's your main fucking story. That should have been the main story throughout. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, God. And, and we lose Mary Weissman halfway through. Um, yeah. You know, Tilly. Which, um, which I, why? I don't get that. Yeah. I guess because they wanted her to be. Well, I have not read anything. To me, personally, I feel like maybe she was pregnant and they needed to get her off the show. Because of the way maybe she looked, to me she looked like maybe she was with child. Okay, that was me, and so I can get that. I can understand that, but there has been no like official reason why, you know, she said she's taking you know time. There's no like she's taking time off the show or anything like that that I ever saw for that. Um, we lose we lose uh, David Ajla in the sense of the bro- the Booker character is broken. Yeah, um, no, yeah, no, he's you know. Thankfully, they kept. They made it seem like Saru was not going to be around, but thankfully, oh, they thank kept God, him they kept, I mean, you Saru, know? Doug Jones, Doug Jones, and yes, and and so Nico Martin Green, they really did save season four. Yes, I mean, her acting for what she had, to, which what she had, she took chicken shit and made made chicken salad out of it. Very much so, and I mean, and then people you know, like, oh, look, she's crying all the time. Uh, son of a bitch, did you not see what they did to her this season and all yes. the shit she had to go through? Of course, she's gonna cry. She's she oh is human, she, she is human. She's not know, a Vulcan, for God's sakes. She has Vulcan. Does she know the Vulcan tendencies? Yes, she does, which is what made her a great link between Navarre and the Federation and then making being a part of a council to help bring them back. But the whole point is, is the fact that she's human and she's not hiding in her emotions anymore. She's not. You know, doing those things that would keep her down. So, you know, people who want to shit on that, and then of course, um, well, you know, all of them said, "Wasn't they want to shit on that?" Kirk showed emotion. Yeah, Kirk showed emotion all the time. Yes. I mean, in, in 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 the original series, and then especially in the movies. I mean, in Star Trek Three, when they killed David, how much emotion did he show in Star Trek Six as well? Yeah, you know, it's like. I mean, listen, not everyone is Jean-Luc Picard, okay, where Picard really did not show, he did show a little emotion, but we never saw Picard really, I mean, we did see Picard cry a little bit, especially after, you know, they, he, after they rescued him from the Borg Cube. Right. And he sat with Robert, and he really bared his soul there. That was emotion. Right. Oh, but, 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 but I'm sure the fans were like, Oh, he's showing emotion. He's crying. Fuck off, okay? God, you people suck. God. Yeah, it's definitely you know. If you want, if you want direct hate, direct towards the fucking writers and the producers. Yeah. How's that? Because they dropped the ball on this season. Yes, yes, they did. I mean, uh, I mean, we had we Jonathan Frakes episode. There was only one this season. Uh, it was stormy weather. Uh, and that's the one where uh, Tilly and her crew get lost on that um, planet with the shuttle, you know, uh, malfunction um, in season four. Um, we there's a lot of references in in this. Uh, 
the very first episode, the Kobayashi Maru is yes. mentioned as well as the name of the title. Um, you know, that idea. Uh, later on, towards the end of the series, one of the ships that helps make the rescue is the Mitchell, mm-hmm. which is named after uh, Keith Mitchell, the star, uh, the guy who was the Klingon, everything that had, um, he was the Orion scientist who was in the wheelchair. Yeah. Um, who's the guy who has ALS, the actor who, who's been a part of the show for every season now in some way, shape, or form. Um, they actually named that ship after him to keep that kind of idea of him being in the series going. So uh, that was very cool. Um, we we see a lot of, you know, kind of neat little Easter eggs throughout the show, um, you know, with ship names or, or things along those lines, but it wasn't enough to keep me entertained with, no, with, with the series either. because, you know, you, you, you have all the politics of the first half of the episode then you have the explosion of Quajon, and then you have oh, God, um, that was... the uh, oh, uh, why am I blanking on the guy's name? The scientist, the rise, rising scientist. Oh, God, uh, um, starts with an A, I think, is what I think. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, you know who I'm talking about. That guy, yeah, that guy. Uh, he was a he was he was a dick, but I liked him, yeah, yeah, he was a uh, dick, but I liked him. And that was the other thing, I, I missed Jet, you know, she wasn't on the show. A lot, you know, um, Jet Reno, and I yeah, wanted Jan more. Reno, yeah. I wanted more Jet Reno on the show. So, uh, because again, that dry sense of humor just yeah. really rocked it, and not having that made it worth it. So, um, you know, I, I think, I think that there was just a lot of misses in this episode overall. You know, to to really make it worthwhile, mm-hmm. um, that you know. Calling it the DMA, realizing it's a um, oh Runyon Tarka. That's the guy's name, Tarka, oh, uh, Tarka. the Rising guy. Yeah, uh, Tarka, we find yeah. out that he was an Orion. He was in the Orion Syndicate as a scientist who was forced to do things. Um, uh, we find out eventually what the DMA is that it's a man-made thing uh, by a uh, you know uh, the Dark Matter Anomaly or DMA. It, it was man-made or creature-made. And then we have to go into this part of outside the galaxy, um, push past the barrier. Uh, and they go to this place beyond the galactic barrier where no one's ever gone before, quote unquote. Um, and then we see that Burnham and their crew, they go onto this alien's home planet who are responsible for the DMA. And then that gets really weird. They no longer on the planet. They live in this giant cloud, essentially. And um, they basically are very, very large creatures. Yeah. So much so that they weren't aware what the DMA was doing. And Earth and Navarre are both in the past of this DMA. And it's about to be destroyed. And they're having to evacuate. Um, We see the uh, Federation uh, headquarters is a space station. Um, It flies. It flies very interestingly. And their sections can peel off. You know, uh, like in slices almost, <laughs> which is crazy. You know, it was crazy. It was super weird, super cool though. At the same time, like the technology. So there were some, there were some neat things, especially at the end when we're doing the evacuations. And you know, there was that moment where the cadets were like, "How many can we save?" Oh, about three hundred thousand out of billions. It's like, yeah, that's what yeah. we can. That's what we we don't have the resources for anything else. This is what we have, and so like that again, that aspect of. Like you said, though, there was it was almost like there was no hope per se. Yeah, in, no. In this one, and um, it takes 
It takes them talking to the 10C in a very unique way between do the science behind all of it. I couldn't quite figure out Um, core fluorocarbons and lights and, you know, all this, et cetera stuff. And basically they were like, Oh, my bad. We didn't realize y'all were real people. We didn't realize Mm -hmm. y'all were connected. And then, um, you know, we thought book was dead and they were like, Oh yeah, by the way, we found this dude. Is he y'all's? I Uh, knew it. And so the minute I knew that they, that they couldn't get book and he, of course, Burnham is going to cry. Yes. It's her lover. Yeah. Yeah. But did you notice that she just, just like a captain, snapped back to attention? All right. I got to come back to it. The job's still got to get done. Let's get it done. Yeah. So, so to all those detractors out there saying, look at that scene. And then yeah. before you type, think before you hit like yeah. send. Yeah, exactly. It was very well done. Uh, on her part and then we see at the end they're like oh yeah by the way is this your boy uh, we found this we didn't know what this was and it was the transporter sending the book and it's like okay here he is and of course again we see Sonequa Martin Green being human and just crying tears of joy you know because she was like oh there was one that was lost like why are you still sad there's one who was lost to us and oh yeah this guy you know it was just like do sex mocking very like yeah you know, Yo, the, here he is. We got this. Well, this thing here. Yeah, here you go. Yeah, here, here you go. Is. And then it takes book to using his empath skills to communicate to the mm-hmm. you know creatures that they need to just not live within the bubble that they have and to stop using the DMA because of what it does. And of course, they were like, "We didn't know. Our bad." And it was. That was the end. It was no. It was kind of anticlimactic. It, it, it kind of was when you had a season last season where I think we talked about last week. You had two big problems and neither one affected the other, but one caused the other. The, yeah. Losing the dilithium was caused by you know a kelpian who was mutated in that field, but yet the Orion Syndicate's rise happened because of the loss of dilithium. Mm-hmm. But you still had to deal with them. But they weren't the cause of the problem, but they were exasperating the problem. So, yeah. you know, you and then you had, I mean, you had the whole John McClane style shootout at the yeah, end. Yeah, that was good. You know, how do you, I mean, really, it was almost like, well, we can't follow up season four with what we did season three. So let's just go a different direction. And it's like, guys, come on, man. You owe us. No. Better than that, you just no, deserve man, better no, than that. Man. Burnham is the female Kirk. Stick it, keep, keep it that way. Keep it that way. Mm-hmm. She kicked ass in season three. She was awesome yeah. in season three. So continue in season four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. God Almighty, people is keep the kiss theory. Keep it simple, stupid. If it works, keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, mean, I think again, sadly, that was um, they felt like we needed to show a different side of Burnham, and we've seen all the sides of Burnham. We don't need to see any more sides. No, we don't. We don't but I've seen Burnham cry in the other series. I've seen yeah. her show emotion. I've seen her be human when she had to say goodbye to, to like George O. Mm-hmm. How you know emotional that scene was, or had, when she had to say bye to Spock and leave her yeah. behind. And season exactly. eight, season two. Yeah, season uh, I two. mean, you know, the, but I think I think the the point is is I think the idea really was 
the pilot episode for season four being Kobayashi Maru is this was her entire season was her Kobayashi Maru. I think that's what they were trying to do is this whole season was her Kobayashi Maru, but I think it was just executed not well enough to be worth that because you think about it, she was put through the ringer and everything. Yeah. But you know, and, and we see again, she's crying, but she had to snap back. She's a captain, you know, having to make the choices that she had to make as a captain. But at the end of the day, I don't think there was enough here to really make it. Oh, this was her Kobayashi Maru. It didn't. It didn't resonate with me as a fan. I don't think or you. I, I'm. I'm not seeing a lot. So there's a lot of mess about this. Yeah, there's a lot of mess about this be, because it was. It didn't resonate with people. No, you know, it didn't. unfortunately. So, um, but, but but I will say this though. They really did develop the relationship between Saru and Burnham as like Kirk and Spock, and mm-hmm. I love that. Yes, I, I think I, I think I think I think Saru might be one. Of the, he's a really great character. They really, yes. Doug Jones has done an awesome job of developing that character of Saru. You know when you know when the first two seasons you're like, oh, this fucking guy again. Then and then when you're Season three and season four, like man, Saru was fucking badass. He's yeah. awesome. He really likes Saru. Yeah, and I mean, and I think, I think, but that was the thing. Knowing is Doug Jones, knowing who he is as an actor, especially when he has a way, even under all that makeup and prosthetics, to make whatever character he is under there just feel that much more alive and real. Yeah, you know, uh, the Hellboy series, the um, all the stuff he did with Guillermo del Toro. Um, all that stuff he just makes it work uh, behind those things to where almost it's like when you see him out of character, it's almost like yeah, you know, like in the in season three when he yeah I was gonna say it's just season three when when they yeah. go to that uh when the when VR. they go to lithium the VR yeah yeah, yeah you're like just... what the heck and I mean granted he still made it work but it was almost like there was something missing because. He doesn't have the prosthetics, you know, on in the prosthesis. And I mean, he really did a great job with Saru. And the, it's the little touches, you know, like the idea of when he walks, his arms sway side to side. That was not something they told him. He just came up with that on his own. Mm-hmm. He takes these characters and does these little things to them to make them his own. And then he owns that character. And so you like him because you know Doug Jones is going to make that a memorable character from what he does with his points brought into it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think that um, I also find it interesting, his connection with the president of Navarre, um, that yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, so the, here's the question. Saru's a captain, and so is uh, Burnham. Will Saru eventually make his way somewhere else? Or will he kind of still be a part of Discovery in a sense? Because, you know, he was kind of unofficially a part of Discovery, but not really a part of Discovery you know, he was more with the the council and everything along those lines. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna stay in Discovery. You don't want to break up that team. Yeah. You you, you just don't because it's such a good dynamic. You know where it's like mm-hmm. Kirk and Spock, where Saru is cool, calm, collected, just like a Vulcan would be. Right. And while Burnham is like Kirk, you know can temper her emotions but runs emotional does make emotional decisions so 
I like that dynamic between those two. Mm-hmm. I think it's really good. It's a good one. Uh, how do you feel about the Federation president? I thought, you know, I mean, she portrayed a politician. Yeah. Through and through. And, but she did redeem herself towards the end. You know, where she learned to trust Burnham. You know, to realize, you know, that uh, it wasn't for Michael Burnham, okay, we'd be uh, up Shit's Creek without a paddle right now. Mm-hmm. And how good Burnham really is. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I like the character of the Federation president. Obviously, um, oh god, the uh, Admiral A- Admiral Vance. I mean, yeah, Odette Fair, great. Odette Fair, legend. Yeah, legend. Yeah. Uh, just- how did you feel about Kovic? And finding out what he actually was. See, I I missed that. What what was who was Kovich? So he was supposedly some kind of communications expert, really? um, like linguistics and everything. And that's why uh, he said he was busy with something else, which is why the other guy, the Asian guy, went with him because he was the second best in this field. The guy who ate all the time. I found that. Oh hilarious. yeah, he was yeah, eat, no, always yeah. eating, always eating. That something. guy was. Guy had zero, zero chill. Yeah. Just said what was on his mind. <laughs> just said what was on his mind and just eat whatever. Just ate whatever the fuck was in front of him. Yeah, that's cool. And so, uh, you know, I, I did, I thought he was an interesting character, but in a way, I was a little disappointed because I wanted Kovic to be like a Section 31 and he could still be a Section 31. He type still could guy, be a Section 31. But he, he came across, which is, this is going to sound weird. He came across more normal and less mysterious. Which is the whole purpose in season and last season? It was like, could this be thirty-one? Could he be the president? Could he be? There was so much mystery about him, and then this season, it was like, okay, he just—he's just communications expert. He—he felt like a regular guy. He felt kind of marginalized. Yes, he really did, and so I think I think that was a little bit of a disappointing part of the season as well. And they also did not do Doctor. They did not do Colburn any favors in this season no. either. They didn't do him or Stamets any favors in this season. No, they did not. Not at all. No. You know? The only thing they did go was they kind of rekindled their shit between Stamets and Colburn. Because for me, I'm like, you made this love story in season two to season three between Colburn and Stamets, yet, and, and to me, whatever, love is love. I, I That has no bearing right. on me. But there's this relationship here why why are they so cold and distant to each other mm-hmm. you know i mean that's kind of what i thought and and i don't know i, I just colborne to me just came across as just i don't know just just not all there i mean yeah. they really they really, they really took a lot of what made him so great last season. They just took it all away from. Him. Oh well, we have to show that he's human and that he's not a robot. Mm-hmm. It's like you can do that. You can do that without totally gutting the character. And they gutted the fucking character. Yeah, they they they, they fucking gutted him. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, uh, and real quick, uh, I, I I do want to make a correction. Story weather was the Jonathan Frakes episode that was not the crash one. That was the one where the discovery goes into the substates riff um, midway through yeah. the season, and and by created by the dark matter anomaly, and book faces 
a visitor from his past. So that is the Jonathan Frakes episode, uh, which aired on December twenty third. That uh, was that was one that was one of the first ones, wasn't it? Uh, it was episode six. So it was about half. Oh, really? Through. That was episode six. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So that was the midway point there. Um, between there. Um, and then wait a minute. The, Hold on. Wait a minute. Was that the one they went to Cork's Bar, or the the one that's similar to Cork's Bar? Uh, when he went to go get the isolinium? Mm, no. Okay. No, no, no. I think that was, um, no, because uh, that was later. Because episode seven was the connection where they Zora's new sentience, you know, becomes an issue. Oh, okay. You know? But then, so then the, um, I think that was. Either episode eight or nine. Okay. You know, I'm just I'm just trying to think. It was episode eight, all in, because um, that's where they go to the the planet and yeah. Uh, so yeah, all in. Yeah. So so the Franks that was that 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 was the one where Quajon exploded, was it? No, no, no. no. That the Quajon's already exploded. Okay. Um, you know, uh, uh, and then this is this is like uh, there. This is after the fact of. You know, the dark matter anomaly has made a subspace rift, and so they go in there to kind of get that idea. But you know, they, it starts to tear the ship apart, oh, and but okay, they, yeah, but they have to stay in there to try to gather as much information as possible where they can get out, kind of thing. Oh, um, so, uh, so yeah, so that's kind of the seasons. But again, the fact that we can't remember the order or the things of how it works it does not speak well, it does not speak well for the season for the season. Um, because it's just like, oh wait, did this happen here? No, there. Um, yeah. How did how did you feel about the the ten C themselves, which is what they're calling the the species of aliens per se? Unimaginary. Movie? Really? Yeah. Just what are they? Just they're just giant. They look like they look like stuff that you'd find at the bottom of the ocean. You know what they like look like? Bomb. Did you ever play Star Starcraft two? Starcraft, so in Starcraft 2, they had, um, you know, uh, Rainer and all these, they, they basically re- they continued the story from the first one. And they had these creatures, the uh, Zonagel or whatever they're called. And these look like those those same creatures who are these large floating in space kind of things with some tentacles and, you know, multiple eyes. They look exactly like that. And I was going, this looks familiar. And I'm sure enough, I went and looked it up. Very similar design to that, which to me, again, as you say, lazy, uninspired. The fact that you're pulling from another video game franchise to create your big bad, quote unquote, uh, for the series, again, it doesn't speak well. For yeah, what's to, going on. yeah, to me, it was it was not It didn't have the Star Trek imaginary, you know. As you, I mean, are they cool looking? Yeah, but to me. Tim, I'm like, that's the 10 C. I'm like, it's not. I mean, I get I don't want anything to be humanoid, but I don't know. I, I just didn't find it. They just didn't wow me. Mm. Just didn't wow me. Yeah. Just yeah. you know. So I mean, let's be so at the end of the day, if we're gonna if we're gonna rate this, let's say one out of ten, because I think uh, IMDB does a one out of ten rating, Rotten Tomatoes goes that up hundred percent. So, um, if you want, whichever rating you want to do, you know, we're not going to do no five stars or whatever, like uh, Seltzer Meltzer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, let's let's use IMDb's seven out of ten, or you know, out of ten, whatever out of ten, or Rotten Tomatoes what percentages. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna rate this season, well, what are you giving it? I'm I'm gonna go Rotten Tomatoes. I'm gonna okay. go 35 percent. Wow, thirty five percent. I was not. I was. John, I stopped watching after like I think episode six or episode seven because. Yeah. The only reason why I finished watching this is because we were going to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, really, I was just yeah. not. And it's the same thing, too, with, like, Picard. I'm, I'm just not interested. It's just yeah, these stories. It's just, I mean, Picard, I, I'm interested to see, like, what's going to happen with the, the, the Boar Queen and, and, and Girardi. But I'm not interested in, like, Picard. Like, what's going on with Picard? Picard's kind of, when I, you know where I said that comment that he has a small role? I wasn't joking around. He does no. have a small role. It's it's not about Picard. It's about everyone else. Right. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I it's it's thirty five percent. And I season three, I gave like a ninety percent. I'll give a nine percent rating to like season three. But this yeah. year, thirty five percent. They really took a backslide, yeah. which is surprising because usually Star Trek series, after like season three, they get really good. Right. This is probably the first one that took a backslide. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, if I if I'm gonna go the Rotten Tomatoes, I'm probably in that same ballpark, thirty thirty five percent. Really, it was it was hard to follow. It was hard to stay engaged. Um, I don't think they did the characters any justice as far as any development or anything along those lines. Um, granted, I, I understand that it was they filmed during COVID protocols and things along those lines, but we've seen better stuff come out than this. So it's not something that can be used as an excuse. I think overall it was just lazy writing. It was I mean, poor storytelling. I mean, listen, I'm sorry, John, if you want to blame, if people want to say they want to blame COVID for the bad stuff, how come the blacklist was able to do something season mm-hmm. eight? Oh, was it? Yeah. They're on season eight right now. There was, yeah. Well, there's season nine, but season eight where they did an episode where, it was half there and they did it half, you know, like drawn where it was like almost like a cartoon, but mm. it was still done well. And then the final three episodes of the blacklist are obviously filmed during COVID. The three to me are three of the best ending episodes of a series I have ever, of, mm. a, of, a, of a season I have ever seen. Mm. So don't give me that COVID bullshit because you can still release fucking gold. Yeah. Okay. I, I, they were just, to me, the writers are stretched too thin with this, with Picard, you know, Strange New Worlds. The writers are being stretched thin. And I think they are focusing, they were focusing too much, they're focusing too much on these new series. And they let Discovery backslide. Yeah. And it's a shame because what they built in the first three seasons of Discovery was really, really good. And I remember I was talking. We're a little, really looking forward to season four, mm-hmm. and we got a shit sandwich. Yeah, yep, we sure did. And, and the unfortunate part is, we expect better from Trek. We do. We, yeah, we. we I, I guess because it's it's not it's not an unfair expectation considering what no. we've gotten in in the series before in the writings. Granted. It's a different if it's a different series, it's different writers. I know it's not the same kind of legacy, but still, you are presenting a legacy series. This is something that we expect, we want, we you know, we we crave, you know, yeah. that 
like goodness for. Mm-hmm. And really, I feel like they did the fans a disservice this year on everything they've done. And so uh, I, I think, you know, really they, they, they're going to have to evaluate what they're going to be doing going forward in the future uh, mm-hmm. with discovery. Um, you know, we, I think Kersman talked about a 10 year plan for discovery. Well, um, it, ain't, it ain't going to last 10 years after the writing of season four. Right. And I mean, and people want to blame COVID. Uh, hello. You just had uh halo release right now around the same time. And what they're doing is really good. So you can't blame COVID for everything. No. It's not an excuse anymore. It's, you know, things have been done. People have proven that it can be done even with COVID protocols. So you can't use that as a proper excuse anymore. You know what? Here's, here's my thing. Do you want, do you want to know when Star Trek is good is here's when it's good. When you have the seasons, you have, you have like three or four episodes that are lighthearted and funny. Then you have, you know, you know, six episodes that are very, you know, they're dramatic, but they're they're not, you know, where they have to fight to win. Yet there is hope for them to win, where it's not all endless. And then you have like a couple, you know, two or three, you know, ones where it develops the characters. That's mm. what they did in season three. You know, because the first like the first like three episodes of Discovery on season three, I was laughing my ass off, especially when Burnham yeah. got high off those drugs. Oh, Dude, yeah. that, that that was great because you saw Burnham as something different. She was ranting and raving, and I I I love that. I love that. And with Booker and the cat, I mean, that's what that this had none of that. This 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 season had none of that. Yeah. The only time you got a little bit of lightheartedness is when all in, when they try doing, you know, a fake ass, poor ass version of Quark's bar. Mm-hmm. That's it. Which I did like the whole, you know, um, mourn. They did the whole mourn things, you know, where they, where they had mourn sitting on the, uh, sitting on the bar stool. I caught that. So. That was funny. Yeah, that was funny. the more character. Like I said, there were there were some Easter eggs that they gave to the fans, but I don't think it was enough no. to make it worthwhile for the for the show to be saved. No. Um, you know, uh, you know. So I, I think I think it's only fair to say that it was a disappointing season. Very disappointing. Um, and uh, but I think Picard has shown that it's a little bit better. Uh, turning the tables around. Um, there's always lower. Have you been? To go back have, to. You, have you even been watching Picard like up to date? Uh, I have not. I've missed the last couple of episodes. So um, I think I've only watched up to episode like three. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I'm. I'm. I think I'm past that. But I am. But not far. I think I'm like okay. episode four or five. You know. Okay. So. Um, so I, I definitely have not seen, you know, these one, seven and eight or whatever. So, so I'm, so I'm five behind right now. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty far behind as well. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to play some catch up here in the next day or two. Yeah. Me um, too. You know, so, uh, that's, that's my whole thing. Um, because again, I, I kind of got bogged down a little bit, but then they've done some things where I'm gonna like, okay, all right. I'm kind of picked back up into it. Um, they've done a good job of, okay, well, um, we're going to bring you down a little bit, but then we're going to pick it back up. 
you know, we're going to, we're, we're getting it picked up here. We started with a bang with the whole universe. And then all of a sudden, boom, alternative timeline. What the heck's going on? Um, oh, wait, here we go. Um, we're in the past. And you know, getting their bearings in the past, it, that kind of bogged it down a little bit. But now that they've kind of got an idea of where they're going to go, um, you know, uh, I think I feel like, all right, they're starting to get it back again. They picked it back up. We know kind of the idea. The, the They brought back the idea of uh, the aliens who monitor time, kind of like we had with Gary Seven um, mm-hmm. okay. from the original series. So the idea that you know we we those are brought back. That's one of the 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 they make mention of the Watcher. Um, that is basically the idea is that those aliens. Um, I do know later on we get some explanation between the Q and the Elorians. Um, mm. there is some explanation of that, which I'm looking forward to seeing something about that. Um, so there are some interesting things coming later on. Yeah. Which doesn't work, you know? Yeah. Uh, he's like, Oh, this is not good. Yeah. He needs some blue chew. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, he blue, chew. blue chew sponsor us. We'll, we'll give, we'll give Q some blue chew. Uh, it will take that. your erection into the final frontier. Hey, there you go. Boom. Blue chew. Boom. We got there it. Go. We got you. Uh, <laughs> so I think overall it's one of those things where we just say, um, you know, we chalk it up to a bad season. Mm-hmm. They're going to happen. But yeah. I think, I think it doesn't change that Star Trek itself right now is looking very positive yes. in the outlook of the long run. It doesn't change me as a fan. I'm still going to be a fan. I'm still going to love what's going on. I'm still going to watch everything. I just, you know, I'm going to be honest about what I think too. I, I think that's the important part of the fandom. The fandom needs to voice their opinion and be honest. Yes. Don't be a dick about it. But exactly. Just, be, just, you know, just be real. You know, this yeah. is what you like and don't like. Be honest, but you know, also support what you like. You know, so uh, anyway, I think we've covered Discovery pretty well here. For yes, we four. have. Um, we got our points in the things that we did want to talk about. Um, and so I think we're at about an hour and a half right now. Hour and yeah, we got. Yeah, we got. We gave we, him enough, John. We, we gave, gave him, him just enough. enough. We got to save some for next time for I next know. week. Man, so, next week. Holy cow, man. What are we going to talk about next week? Ah, that's the question. Now we can talk uh, lower decks one and two. Or we can, you know, you and I will figure it out and we'll come up with something yeah. next week that we got. So we good on that part. Yeah. So, um, but to close out the show, uh, where can you find me on the internet? If you want to give your opinion of what you think I thought I said, uh, uh, which I may or may not care what you say. So hmm. uh, we don't give a shit what you have to say. Okay. Yeah. So uh, if you want to find me on the internet, if you're on the TikToks, the Instagrams, the Twitters, you can find me at J Reezy Men, uh, uh, also known as Dad Bod God. Um, so uh, that you can find me there. You can connect with me in any of those places. Message me, tweet at me, TikTok at me, whatever. Uh, TikTok is literally just me interrupting people and doing dad jokes. So I love it. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> like I did one today. This chick who's supposed to be kind of hot. She's like, what would you do if I broke into your house? She's got the thing coming. She pulls away, and she's wearing glasses, and she's kind of hot blonde hair. But she's wearing a New England Patriots jersey. And I'm like, uh, well, first of all, this is Texas, so be careful if you're breaking into my house. Second of all, 
you'd be out of the house so fast wearing that nasty rag you call a t-shirt on your body. You know, uh, and then I said, anyway, let's tell a dad joke. So I told the dad joke. But if you want to know what it is, you have to go to TikTok and find that out. Yeah, go TikTok. Yeah, go find that out. So uh, and then you can also find me on Facebook. Uh, John Enright, look for me. You'll see me. I think right now my picture, uh, my profile picture is with Lady Frost and uh, uh, the Savage Gentleman, uh, who they are at my house. So you he can is he he is a savage man. He is and a peanut butter fiend. Um, he does it, love the peanut butter. Dude, he just did a like I think in Instagram he showed uh, uh, I did a story of his. He has a whole cabinet full of peanut butter. Full of it. Like when he was here, we went. I took him to H E B, you know, which is the Texas, you know, God grocery stand level because we were we were having we were gonna do uh, what they call a chippy party where we got chips and dips and all kinds of stuff. He went down the peanut butter aisle to find a peanut butter he hadn't had, and he went and bought it. (laughs) It was called Home Plate um, Peanut Butter. And so he bought a peanut butter to take back home with him, and it was in the video. I was like, Hey, I know that peanut butter. How was it? It wasn't any good. And so uh, you know, so there's that. So. Um, he's true. got lots of peanut butter. Legend, 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 a legend level fucking, peanut butter lover. Fucking legend. Yeah, Victor Benjamin, the savage gentleman. He's a yes. fucking legend. He's he is ripped AF. Could kick your ass. Has a hot wife, and then has gobs of amounts of peanut butter. I want to. I want to try to get him back in Immortal. I gotta. Yeah. Uh, my thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Both get yeah, him and Lady Frost back. Yeah. Then. Do an intergender match. That would be fun. Uh, and let them tag together. So, yeah. um, so that's that's how you can get a hold of me if you wanna if you wanna talk uh, mental health. You need something along those lines or some kind of advocacy, whether it be sexual assault, domestic violence. April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. If you were not aware, uh, I know we're recording today on four twenty, but in more seriousness, it is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Um, so, uh, basically, if if you're not aware. Sexual assault is something that happens very, very regularly, but yet people don't report. Um, so uh, remove the stigmas. You know, if you if something has happened to you, find a local agency in your area or contact me, John at freedomhousepc.org. Uh, or if you need help with mental health resources, you can contact me and we'll figure out a way to help you begin your healing journey. So uh, that's all for me. That's all the internet stuffs. I have today, Triple D. What about you? Where they can find you on the interwebs? Well, you can find me, Demetrius Zeros, on Facebook, Demetrius Zeros on Instagram. Uh, I don't do anything on Twitter because it's toxic as fuck, so I don't like Twitter. <laughs> until Elon Musk buys it. Yeah, until, until Elon Musk buys it, which I had a buddy of mine goes, he, he might be the Antichrist. I'm like, no, there's other people that can be the Antichrist. But... Um, <laughs> you can <laughs> you can find me at Dippin' Donuts in Rome, New York, three convenient locations in Central New York. Uh, also, too, if you want to, uh, if you like independent wrestling, you can find me in Mortal Championship Wrestling. I am part of the commentary team for Mortal Championship Wrestling. Uh, we have a show coming up April twenty third. Still smoking. It's going to be. Great show. A lot of Hameen media guys are going to be there. Ben Hameen, Greek God Papadon, and maybe some surprises. You never know. So if you're in the local Utica to Rome area, stop by. Also, too. Our That's channel, this Saturday. This, this Saturday. Saturday. This Saturday. This Saturday. Also, what time? What time? It's uh, bell time is 645. 645 bell time. So if you're listening and you can get there, get there. Uh, also, too, 
our female champion, Kayla Sparks, was on Raw last night as well, part of the wedding party and oh. a segment that crushed it out of the park. So, yes. so look out for Kayla Sparks. She was rocking, I think she was rocking a pink jacket mm. towards the end. You can't miss her. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful person inside now. She'll be defending the championship against Karen Bam Bam, who to me, I'm afraid of. I mean, she is a wrecking ball. I mean, she was a heavyweight champion, a men's heavyweight champion in um in an organ in a in a um federation in Connecticut. Wow. Where she beat the she she beat the holy hell out of a lot of guys on the mm. on the immortal roster. So Kayla's gonna have a tough, tough um task in front of her. But Kayla is a champion and she should hopefully, 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 hopefully she can get past uh bam, but it's a tall order. So yeah, that and Ben Hamid will be competing in tag team action. Against the higher guns, Bruce Van Slyke and Garrett Holiday. So Ooh. his tag team partner is no, it's no, I'm sorry, it's a three man. No, I'm sorry, he's competing in a six man tag match. It's Ben Hameen, Joey Conway, the con man, which you got to be careful because he'll steal your information online, and uh, Blaze Haram, who is the Northeastern champion, but change it to the Middle Eastern champion, right? Against the hired guns, Bruce Van Slyke, Garrett Holiday. And none other than James Storm, the Cowboy. The Cowboy James Storm. All right. Yeah. Sorry about your damn luck. Somebody's getting a beer bottle to the head. Hopefully, Ben Hameen avoids the beer bottle to the head. (laughs) Since he pays our bills. He Uh, does. He does. He he does pay our bills. (laughs) And he did put me in the smile club. I have have, uh, picture proof of that. Oh. You know, that's, on a commentator, how, but how are you gonna get? How are you gonna get your comeback, man? He got suspended for you know. Month. I want to get my comeback. Yeah. I don't want to get my comeback against though. Okay, yeah, but I mean, I mean, you got, that's the whole thing. You put heat on a rest on a, an announcer. How does the announcer get his comeback, man? You gotta. Well, you never know. Okay, yeah. you never know. You okay. never know. We'll All see. Right. We'll right. see. Buffer. Buffer. Buffer, Maybe, right now, oh, you're gonna hand James Storm the beard and get all this. Well, I, no, well, no, listen, Buffer, for, for right now, I don't, I don't want to incur the wrath of of, of, of the horsemen. <laughs> I, they, they shoved the donut in my face. They've given me the smile club. Okay, you know, no, I'm good. Okay, I, I don't, I don't want to mess with those guys anymore. Okay, so uh. we'll leave it at that. But guys, you know, also too, you can find us Academy HMG Facebook. Instagram, Twitter. Are we on Instagram? No, I don't think we're on Instagram. Okay, fuck it. Fuck Instagram. We're not on Instagram. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Come find us on there. Yahoo. Let us, yeah, we're Yahoo at Academy at Yahoo.com for email. Mm-hmm. Is that that was it, right? Uh close. Close. It's uh it is actually the Academy at HMG. The Academy HMG at Yahoo.com. Okay, the Academy HMG at Yahoo.com. If you want to send us an email. Let us know, you know, what you thought about the show, even though we don't give a shit about what you think, because fuck you guys. No, just joking. Um, that was a that was that was an ode to, to Papa Don because he always yeah. did that as well. So, but guys, reach out to us. Let us know who you want to be on the show. If you want to guess a guest, a topic, because me and John, you know, we like to hear from you guys, but we like to do things on our own too. So yeah, but we would like to hear what you guys have to think. So. So just remember, we're here weekly now. 
none of this two two week crap every week because we are the top sci-fi show on Hami Media. That's right. We put in that work for you. We put in that work in for you. So because because right now I could be working on my golf game right now, but I'm sitting here talking to track with 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 my boy Big John. So to to close it out, guys, guys, girls, aliens of all shapes, nations, genders, whatever you want to identify as, I really don't fucking care. But guess what? Come back next week here, the Academy, because we're gonna be talking track. Who knows what we'll be talking about? It's gonna be a surprise. You just have to turn out and see. So to everyone out there. Live long and prosper. Be safe and have fun. And we'll see you next week. Later.